So we're still uh, sorting out our technical stuff. Please bear with us. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to start a, a series on living the spiritual life. Living the spiritual life. Living the spiritual life. And we're going to read through some scriptures this morning. Um, I have highlighted some uh, scriptures we're going to be focusing on. Romans 8, 1 through to 11. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through to 16. And then we'll read 3, 1 through to 4. We'll also read John chapter 4, verse 21 to 24. And Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 26. We'll read that. But I want to encourage you, uh, grab your pen, your paper, because you're going to have to make some notes. This is going to be a crucial message for this time and this season. Living the spiritual life. Living the spiritual life. Living the spiritual life. So, um... Let me pull out my scriptures. Let's start from Romans chapter 8, from verse 5 through to 17. Um, we will spend just a solid time reading through these scriptures, which will be the basis for this message, this revelation that the Lord is bringing to us, the call to be spiritual. The call to be spiritual. Romans 8 from verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. These are scriptures for us to underline. Those who are in the flesh, they cannot please God. Verses 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. I love this phrase. I love this. I think you have to underline this statement. He says, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is, is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also Give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. 
For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body. You will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Underline that. That is powerful as well. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs and heirs of God. Man, these are powerful stuff. Heirs of God and join heir with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 9, sorry, from verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2 from verse 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of this world. That's also uh, a scripture for you to underline as well. We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. There are things that God has given to you. It's free. But the only way for you to know them, it is through the Holy Spirit. It is through being spiritual. And we'll come to this. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. To him. Nor can we know them, be, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now let's continue to read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 through to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? That means 
A, a believer is not a mere human being. And we'll come to that in a minute. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollo, are you not carnal? Are you not carnal? Now let's go to John chapter 4, 22 to 24. We're reading through some scriptures that will be our basis for this journey, this series we are going on for the next few weeks, living the spiritual life. We're reading John chapter 4, 22 to 24. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, now, now, now. Everybody say now, now, now. Now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. You need to underline that. The true worshipers will worship what? The Father in truth, in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. That is worth underlining. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That means it's not an option. Being spiritual is not an option. It is the only way you can worship God. It is the only way you can relate to God in spirit and in truth. And finally, Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 16. I know we're reading quite a lot of scriptures, but it is good. We need to overload scriptures our minds and our hearts, our thinking, our imaginations must be filled with the light of God's Word. Galatians chapter 5, 16 to 26. I say then, walk in the Spirit. Again, that is something you need to underline. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Not walk in your emotions. Not walk in circumstances not walk in how you feel or what people say or what is the media is saying he, he didn't say walk according to the, the fear that people are indulging in he didn't say walk according to what the media and the government and all these things are saying there is only one place we should be walking in in the spirit in the spirit Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means if you walk in the Spirit, you will not go with what is coming from the outside. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. We'll come to that in a minute. Let's just read through that. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but you... But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, 
contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions and heresies, envy, murderous, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. Now look at this. Peace, peace is in the Spirit. It is only in the Spirit. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ, and those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you will open the minds of everyone who is listening to this word. Father, I ask in Jesus' name for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released upon every individual right now. That we will hear what the spirit is saying. That Wessex will hear what the spirit is saying. Right now in Jesus' name. We receive this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about living the spiritual life. Living the spiritual life. And um, I have outlined some outcomes. What the Holy Spirit wants to achieve with this teaching. And the first point is... The Holy Spirit want to highlight the need for us as individuals and corporately as a church to be spiritual. Number one, there is the need to be spiritual. That is to be spiritually minded, to think, to speak, and to act by the Spirit, okay? There is the need to be spiritual. If there was a time where you and me and the church in this nation has to be spiritual, this is the time. Not just what is happening presently. What is happening presently will pass away. But we live in the last days. We live in a time where the church must be spiritual. And why is there the need to be spiritual? You know, ladies and gentlemen, just because you are a Christian does not mean you are spiritual. Being a Christian or a believer does not make you automatically spiritual. Okay? It doesn't make you automatically spiritual. No. It doesn't make you automatic. The word spiritual is an adjective. You know, just because you are a believer or a Christian does not mean we are automatically spiritual. And so what we want to highlight is the need for every one of us to be 
spiritual. And do you know we read 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. And look at what Paul said to the Corinthian church. Now remember, remember that the Corinthian church, they were, they were a, a, a born again group of people. They were already saved. They were already disciples. They were saved. They were not unbelievers. They were already born again. And if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you will see how Paul even addresses the Corinthian church. And we're making the point that just because you are a Christian does not mean you are spiritual. No, just because you're a Christian does not mean you are spiritual. You doesn't mean you're consistently thinking and speaking and acting by the Spirit. No, it's not an automatic thing. So look at how Paul addresses the church in, in Corinth. Look, he says, Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ called to be saints together with all those who are everywhere uh, together with those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ both their Lord and ours grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ he says I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and in all knowledge now if you begin to read that he's beginning to tell us a little bit of who the Corinthian church is they are not non-believers they are born-again believers they are Christians. They are already Christians. Now let us look at 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1. What Paul says about some of the people in the Corinthian church. He says, And I, brethren, could not address you as spiritual people. Listen carefully. So I made the point that there is the need for us to be spiritual why because it is not automatic to be spiritual just because you're a believer does not mean you're spiritual and we are seeing how Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church he says I could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh hang on 1 Corinthians chapter 1 at the salutation he actually says that these people have been sanctified and they are called saints. But chapter 3 verse 1, he says, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people in the flesh. So that is an indication that just because you are a Christian does not mean you are spiritual. So we want to highlight the need for you and me to become spiritual, to intensify in the spirit. To begin to align our thinking, our words and our action with the reality of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So we want to highlight the need for us to be spiritual. Teaching outcomes. Number two. 
why do we need to be spiritual to be spiritual is the only way to live the Christian life to be spiritual is the only way to live the Christian life you know the Bible says that to be a Christian you must be born again John chapter 1 verse 12 you must receive the spirit of Christ and you must be born again John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13 the Bible says that but as many as received him and to those who believed in him to them he gave the power to become children of God and verse 13 the Bible says that children who were born not of a husband's decision, nor of the will of man, nor of human descent, but they were born of God. So to be a Christian or to be a, a believer, you must be born again. Going to church does not make you a Christian. Being part of Wessex doesn't make you a Christian. It is being born of God. It is receiving Jesus and his spirit inside of you the Bible said with our mouth we confess and with our hearts we believe we receive the spirit of God that is what makes us a child of God so when we say that you know uh, 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 we are Christians we are talking about our spiritual status and so this is why being spiritual is the only way to express or to give expression to the Christian life. So the reason why we need to be spiritual, it, it, it is the only way to live out the Christian life. The qualities within the Christian life, it is the only way to live it out. Hallelujah. Why do we need to be spiritual? It is the only way to know Jesus and have a close personal relationship with God. So this year, our theme as a church is, I want to know Jesus Christ and to make him known. And the only way you can do that is to be spiritual. You cannot know Jesus Christ except you are spiritual except you are spiritual we read in John 4 that God is a spirit God is a spirit that means if you are going to know him you have to be spiritual you cannot know God effectively outside of the realm of the spirit and we'll come to that in a minute but to be spiritual is the only way to know Jesus why do we need to be spiritual? It is the only way to know who we are and to experience and to enjoy and express who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ has to do with our spirit. And so being spiritual is the only way to know and to understand who you are in the spiritual realm. You cannot know who you are except you are spiritual, except you are receiving revelation and insight from the Holy Spirit, except you are in a spiritual state of mind. You cannot know who you are within the sphere of your biological and geological identity. Now, when I, I'm highlighting your true identity, 
I, I, I point out three things. Your spiritual identity, which is who you are. Your biological identity, which is where you are from. Okay, you know, for most people, we're from the United Kingdom. Some are from other parts of the world. I'm from Ghana. Being a Ghanaian and the family I come from uh, is my biological and geological identity. Those two things, our biological and geological identity, or you can add uh, uh, other things, maybe sociological identity, the family you come from. Those places do not have what it takes to know who you are. You can't know who you are by looking at anything that has to do with your family or where you are from naturally. No. To know who you are you, you is only by looking at where you are from spiritually. So to be spiritual is the only way to know who you are and to experience who you are and to enjoy and to give expression to who you are. If we are going out to minister the gospel, we are doing it from the place of our spirit. If we're going out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cause the blind eye to see, to, to, to cause people who have coronavirus to be healed, we are doing it from the place of our spirit. We are being motivated from our spiritual identity. Now, how can you cause a blind eye to see? Someone who doesn't have eyeballs, how can you cause them to see physically? You can't do that biologically. You can't do that sociologically. But you can do that spiritually. And so to be spiritual is the only way we know who we are and we express who we are. To know, to be spiritual is the only way to release the kingdom of God. To release the kingdom of God, we must be spiritual. Why? The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that the kingdom of God is inside of you. The kingdom of God is not a physical phenomenon. It's not a physical thing. There is nowhere on this cosmos in God's creation that you will go and point out the kingdom of God. No, the kingdom of God is a spiritual phenomenon which is embodied in the person and the spirit of Christ. And that kingdom is inside of us. And the way to release it is for us to be spiritual. We can only release the kingdom of God when we are spiritual. To be spiritual is the only way to bear the fruits of the Spirit. To bear the fruits of the Spirit. You know, Galatians chapter 5, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit... Is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit. To be spiritual is the only way we can bear the fruits of the Spirit. For any one of us to be at peace. The reason why most of us were disturbed by this situation... And the reason why most of us were unsettled 
by this situation and many other situations in our lives, it is because we were not spiritual at that particular time in that particular situation. If you are overwhelmed by uh, fear and anxiety, it is because you are not walking by the Spirit. It is because you are not walking in the Spirit. Because here the Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. So to be spiritual is the only way to appropriate and to enjoy the fruits of the Spirit. And again, if there is any time you and me have to be spiritual, it is now. It is now, ladies and gentlemen. Because we can't pay attention. To, we can't be so locked into the world as the world is locked into the world. The Bible said we have to set our mind on the things that are in heaven. In Colossians chapter 3 verse 4, it says set your mind. And some translations, I think the New Living Translation said, think on the things that are in heaven, not on the things that are on earth. And you know, I see scriptures like that and I'm thinking, really? This is, this is crazy because how many of us are thinking about the things that is happening in heaven? And so to be spiritual is the only way to release the kingdom of God. It is the only way to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And to be spiritual is the only way to please God or to live in the pleasure of God. And, and what do I mean by to live in the pleasure of God? Because I find that most of us have born guilt and regrets and we live under burdens we don't have the ministry of the pleasure of God in our lives and it is because we are not spiritual because the Bible said those who uh, walk according to the flesh can never please God you can't please God or you cannot live in and buy and enjoy the pleasure of God in, in the book of Romans 6 which Paul begins to deal with the issue of sin. Again, if we are going to live a life that exhibits the fruits of the Spirit, we have to walk in the Spirit. But also, if we are going to live a life that says no to sin, or we walk in the reality of the righteousness of God, it will take you and me being spiritual. And so it takes being spiritual to please God. It is the only way to live out in the pleasure of God. When you wake up in the morning and you have messed up and you come before the Lord and you address that issue, how are you able to walk in that uh, pleasure of knowing that the Lord has forgiven you? The, the only way for you to do that is to be spiritual. And so... These are the outcomes. Number one, I'm highlighting the need for us to be spiritual because being spiritual is not automatic as a believer. And why do we need to be spiritual? Because it is the only way to live the Christian life. It is the only way to know Jesus. It is the only way to know who we are. It is the way to release the kingdom of God. 
It is the only way to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And it is the only way to please God. So over the next few weeks, we'll be, the Holy Spirit will be helping us to uh, move towards this direction. Now, the word spiritual, uh, let's do some uh, Bible studies. And the word spiritual uh, is the Greek word pneumatikos. Is a Greek word pneumatikos. The reason why I wanted to uh, bring this is because it's quite important for you to see what this, how important this word is. The word spiritual is the, is the Greek word pneumaticus. It is used 26 times in the entire Bible. But there is an interesting information here. The word spiritual does not occur in the Old Testament or even in the Gospels. <laughs> it does not occur. You will not find the word spiritual in the Old Testament or in the Gospels, you won't find it. No. All the 26 times is used in the epistles. So the letters. You've got the first four books of the Bible, which are historical accounts of the life of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you've got uh, Acts, which is the birthing of the church. The Holy Spirit coming to regenerate people and to give birth to the new creation, okay? And then you have the letters. You have the letters. Acts, you have Romans 1, 2, Corinthians, and then you go on from there. So this word spiritual is only used after the day of Pentecost. Now think about it for a moment. <laughs> It is only used, that word pneumaticus is only used from after the day of Pentecost. The first time it was used was in Romans chapter 1 verse 11. So what is the point in this? It is because when we say being spiritual or someone is spiritual, we're talking about something that has to do with the Holy Spirit directly. It has to do with the mind of the Spirit. It has to do with, with the words of the Spirit. It has to do with the attitude of the Spirit. It has to do with the imaginations of the Spirit. When we say spiritual, being spiritual, it flows from the Holy Spirit directly through your spirit and giving expression through your soul and your body. So this word is used 26 times. It, it does not occur in the Old Testament. It is a word that is used only after the day of Pentecost. So this word is derived from the word, from the Greek word pneuma. And the word pneuma is the word which means spirit. Okay? The word spirit and is, is translated as wind, as breath, and so forth. But whenever the word holy is attached to the word pneuma, and holy in the Greek is the word hagios. When the word holy is attached to the word pneuma, it, is, it always signifies the Holy Spirit. So whenever the word holy is attached to the word pneuma, it is the Holy Spirit. 
okay? It is used to signify the Holy Spirit of God. So the word pneumaticos is derived from the Greek word pneuma, which is the word spirit. And whenever the word spiritual is used in, in its context within the New Testament, and we'll read a couple of uh, scriptures, the word pneumaticos is used uh, in relation or in relating to the realm of the spirit. That is the invincible sphere in which the Holy Spirit imparts faith and reveals Jesus. Okay, so when we talk about spiritual, we're talking about the invincible realm. It is a realm that you can't see or you can't contact by your five senses. We are talking about the realm where the Holy Spirit imparts faith and reveals Jesus Christ. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible said, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Now wait a minute. None of us here, those of us who are listening, you have never seen Jesus. Peter is saying, you haven't seen him. What is the seeing he's talking about? Physically. You haven't seen Jesus physically. Jesus is a man. He's fully man. He's fully God. You haven't seen him. And Peter is saying, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. We haven't seen Jesus. Everything we're doing here today, my preaching is coming from Jesus. It's because of him. No, no one has ever seen him before. Yet we love him. Yet we, we, we believe in him and we are filled with joy. How and where is this thing happening? It is within the spiritual realm. It is the place where the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to you. As I preach now, some of you are receiving revelation. It is not coming just through your five senses. It is coming through that spiritual place where you and the Holy Spirit are one. So when we talk about the word spiritual, it relates to the realm of the Spirit, the invincible realm, which the Holy Spirit imparts faith and reveals Christ. So there is an invincible realm. At the moment, brothers and sisters, there are thousands of angels right here in this place right now. There are angels with you right now. See, this is why we have to be spiritual. Because if you're spiritual and you know there are angels with you, you cannot have fear. No. Jesus said that never will I leave you nor forsake you. If we are spiritual, we will not feel an ounce of loneliness. Because we know the Lord is there. And this is not uh, just... Um, a figment of our imagination or a fantasy. No, this is real. The spiritual realm is a real, real realm. It is a parent realm. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews that by faith we believe that the worlds were made by the word of the Lord. So that the things that can be seen were not made out of the things that can be seen. 
So everything physical comes out of the spirit. The natural realm is subject to the spiritual realm. A spiritual person is always above and superior in, in their operations above someone who is natural. A spiritual realm, the spiritual realm has control over the natural realm. The natural realm cannot control the spiritual realm. It is the spiritual realm that controls the natural realm. So when we talk about the word spiritual, we're talking about things relating to the realm of the spirit. When we talk about the word spiritual, we're talking about non-carnal, non-carnal things or not within the soulish realm, outside of the five senses or outside of the natural sphere, opposite to the natural. When we talk about the word spiritual is used in scripture within this context of things that are non-carnal, things that are not of the soulish realm. It is outside our five senses. It is outside the natural sphere. It is opposite to the natural world. It is opposite to the natural world. So when we talk about being spiritual and living by the Spirit, that means that we're encouraging you to live not motivated by anything that is natural or soulish, but living by everything that is motivated by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word of God. So, so um, we saw in 1 Corinthians... Uh, we saw in 1 Corinthians, he says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. If you are living in the natural, the things of the Spirit will be foolishness. It is like me standing here preaching to you. Maybe you are feeling lonely. Maybe you are feeling fear. And I'm telling you, you don't need to feel lonely. You don't need to feel fear because you have the Lord with you. And you have angels and the Holy Spirit with you. You have nothing to fear. Okay. Now, if you hear what I'm saying and you go back and you look around your house... You begin to walk around your house and say, right, let me check whether Jesus is here. Is Jesus really here? Jesus, where are you? You're making a mistake. Because I'm speaking from the Spirit. So you need to look in the Spirit whether what I'm saying is true. But the way to look in the Spirit is the Word of the Lord. The Word of God, the words of Jesus, He said, they are life and they are Spirit. So the Word of Jesus gives us, it's a window into the realm of the Spirit. So you need to go and check the Word of God to see that what I'm saying is true. Whether Jesus is with you, whether angels are with you, whether you are more than a conqueror, whether you have overcome the world, whether you are victor, you need to go and check the realm of the Spirit. And to do so, you need to go and look in the Word of God, which is the window into the realm of the Spirit. But the natural is totally opposite to the carnal. It is like healing and miracles. 
you're going to release a, a new eyeball. Someone hurts themselves, their eyeball has been re released. You're laying your hands, you're releasing eyeballs. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release eyeballs. That statement is foolishness to the natural mind. Because naturally, you can't just release eyeballs with your mouth. But spiritually, you can. So the word, again, uh, uh, spiritual, is, has to do with things that are non-carnal, uh, non not of the soulish realm, outside the five senses, outside of the natural sphere, opposite to the natural. Now, there is a word which is used in 1 Corinthians 2, the word natural man. So the word natural is used. Let's look at that word. The word natural in the Greek is the word sukikos. Okay, sukikos. And the word suke, suke is the word soul. Okay, whenever the word soul is used, so there's the word suke. And the soul is not the same as the spirit. The spirit, the word that is used for spirit is what? Numa. Remember, we learned this. Numa. The word that is used for soul is the word suke. So there are two different things. Your soul and your spirit is not the same. Most of us, we have so much issues in our lives and all those things, they are embedded in our soul. If you look at your soul as a point of reference to judge whether or not God loves you or whether or not things are going to go according to God's will, you will be mistaken. There is a difference between your soul and your spirit. And it's very clear in scripture. So this word natural is the word sukikos, which has the word suke in it, which is the word soul. So the word natural sukikos means of the soul. And it typically describes the natural lower aspect of humanity. That is behavior that is more of earth, carnal, than behavior that is of heaven. So think about it. The word sukikos is the word natural. It is directly opposite to the word pneumaticos, which is the word spiritual. Okay? So today you're learning some Greek. But the word natural, again, is contrary to the word spiritual. So the word sukikos is soulish, is sensual. Things that has to do with your feeling, your five senses, sense of sight sense of smell sense of taste sense of touch and sense of hearing so when we talk about spiritual the spiritual realm is opposite to the five senses now the reason why i'm spending time for for here because I, we need to understand what it means to live a spiritual life because for far too long, the church has been living below the standard of, our, of who we are in Christ. And who we are in Christ is our spiritual identity. You know, most of us, we are motivated by our feelings. Oh, I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like going to church today. Well, I don't feel like going out to, you know, preach the gospel. You know, it's not my kind of thing. My personality. Listen, one of the things I've discovered is that who you are in Christ is not the same as your soulish personality and the mistake we have made in the church is we have used our own soulish personality to be an inhibition for our spiritual personality to have expression 
And so when we talk about being spiritual, it is not soulish. It is not being central. No. Sukikos, natural, has to do with our soulish and natural identity. So when I say we as a church must be spiritual, that means that we are talking about our supernatural identity, our eternal identity, that identity we received from Christ when we got born again. So sukikos, which is natural, opposite to the word pneuma, spiritual, has to do with things relating to the physical, tangible life. Physical, tangible life. 1 Corinthians 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness. That is where this word can be found. That word natural in 1 Corinthians 2.14 is the word sukikos. And then it is used in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 19. Let's look at how that word is used in the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 19. So we are, we are looking at the word sukikos, which is natural, soulish, sensual, which is opposite to the word spiritual, uh, uh, pneumaticos. So Jude, chapter 1, verse 19, we want to see how that word spiritual, sorry, natural is used. That's right, number one. That's lovely, yeah. It's incredible how it's used in other uh, translations. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, this morning. Thank you for your word. It says this. It says, it is, it is these who cause divisions. Worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. The word worldly there is that word natural. So, um, Sukikos. So think about it. That means that if, if we allow the world to motivate us, that means we are not being spiritual. If we allow the world to motivate us, that means we're not being spiritual. If we allow anything natural around us, our feelings, our situations, you know, we will not be able to follow the path of the Spirit. And this is why the church has become lukewarm. Because we have allowed our feelings and even our body. Oh, I feel tired. No, what does the Spirit say? The Bible said, do not forsake the gathering of the assembly. The Bible said, pray without ceasing. It, it, there is no excuse with that. But because we are not spiritual, we can follow through with it. For some of us, our sensual identity, our natural identity is so much strong in our lives. And during this time, the Holy Spirit want to help you to mortify the deeds of the flesh. So that you can exhibit what the Bible calls self-control. You can control the natural self and the things that come from the sensual realm. You know, I've been pursuing what God has called me to do for a few years. And I tell you what, if, if I was going to look at my natural circumstances, most of you would not see me here. Most of you would not see me here. If I was going to say, Lord, do I have enough money? 
okay, you know, do I have enough time? Can I speak proper English? You know, um, if I was to look at my natural sphere, there was no way I could be standing here. No way, no way. If I looked at anything natural, if I listened to what people said, and if I listened to what my family said, if I listened to what people said from the place of the natural, there is no way I will be standing here this morning. There is no way I could be here. And I know that following and living the life of the Spirit has got nothing to do with what is on the outside. And I want to challenge you, brothers and sisters, that we want to go deep with the Holy Spirit. We want to have a clarity. And as we go through these scriptures, we're going to learn who we are. You know, hopefully from next week, I can go to uh, something I call I am spirit. I'm, I'm going to talk about I am spirit. Because we need to understand who we truly are. So... The word psychikos, natural, is opposite to the word pneumaticos, spiritual. And so when we're talking about being spiritual, we're not talking about being of the five senses, not based on your feeling, not based on what you can see. Like Jesus comes to you and he says, you are healed. And do you know what most of us we do? When God says to us, you are healed, the first thing we do is we look at the sickness. Look at the pain. We say, oh, no, I still got the pain. No, no. He did not speak from the natural. He spoke from the spirit. I'm speaking from the spirit. So when we talk about the word pneumaticos, it, we, we are talking about things relating to the human spirit as the part of our being that is related to God and serves as God's instrument. God is does everything through you by your spirit, not your soul. <laughs> your soul is an instrument of your spirit. Your soul is an instrument of your spirit. So you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. That is the reason why Paul said, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now who is going to offer what? Look at the language. He's actually saying you have to offer your body. And then he says, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Indicating that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So when we talk about spiritual, we're talking about things relating to your own spirit as the part of our being that is related to God. Now remember John 4, the Bible said God is a spirit. So you have to learn how, you have to learn and bring into your imagination and your thinking the spiritual narratives of God's word as your imagination. The Bible said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now think about it. That's a spiritual reality. That's a place of authority. Now bring that to your mind. If you and me are seated with Christ in heaven, far above principality and power. Number one, we have to settle this. It doesn't matter what Satan does. He cannot do anything about that. No. And do you know what Satan would do? 
He will use circumstances. He will come to you and say, how can you be seated with Christ in heaven? And you don't have enough money to pay your bill. <laughs> now, if you are carnal and if you are natural, you will fall for that. But if you are spiritual and you walk in the spirit and you consistently practice being spiritually minded, you will tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. Because you know who you are in the spirit. And remember what I said, the spiritual is superior to the natural. The spiritual is the parent realm. It is the spiritual that controls the natural, not the other way around. So Satan comes and he says, look, man, like you guys can't really gather anymore. Or look, look, maybe, it's, you know, has this guy not had the virus? So what? So what? It does not change the spiritual reality. No. <laughs> so God actually works through our spirit. When I'm preaching or you're reading scripture or we're fellowshipping and the Holy Spirit is communicating to you, it comes directly to your spirit. And then your spirit allows your soul because our spirit and our soul and the body, they are all intertwined. And then the spirit releases that revelation into our mind and it becomes a relevant image for our mind, a relevant information for our mind to process because our mind needs to process it so that if there is any corresponding action, it can practically bring that out. So for example, we're going to minister to the sick. We see the blind eye. We're like, okay, let's release the eyes. Let's command the eyes to open. It, it, that idea did not come from the mind. It didn't come from the soul. No. It came from the Holy Spirit who is in our soul. Uh, sorry, in our spirit. Sorry. And then our spirit embraced that. And of course, we would have to renew our mind. And then we go and pray. Now, when you pray and the sick doesn't get healed... The reason why we question, the question is coming from your soul. It does not come from your spirit. Because there's no questions for the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't give your spirit a question. No. So God works with our spirit. So when we talk about the word pneumatic or spiritual, we're talking about things relating to our human spirit. So you need to start thinking about your human spirit at the moment. And for you as a child of God, your spirit is exactly like the spirit of Christ. In the book of 1 John chapter 4 verse 17, the Bible says, In this is our love made perfect, so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because as He, Christ, is, so are we in this world now, now think about that scripture. He says, as he is, so are we. Now, he is not talking about the body that Christ has. Because none of us has a glorified body. No. None of us has a glorified body. Number one, so we've eliminated the body. We know John is not talking about his body. As he is, so are we in this world. John is not talking about his body. Okay, so what is he talking about? Now, we know that none of us in our soul, we are fully operating at that higher dimension that Jesus is operating now in his soul. No, 
We know that. So what is he talking about? Your spirit. He's saying your spirit is exactly like Jesus. So now as an individual, as a church, we have to turn in to the spirit and begin to see ourselves from the place of the spirit. In Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27, the Bible says that the spirit of man, the spirit of man is the lamp or the candle of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27. The spirit, your spirit is the, is the lamp. It is the candle. But look at this. He says that God has shed abroad his love in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit indwelling us. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. He is what consists of your spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the fire. And your spirit is the candle your spirit. God leads you and guides you by your spirit. Not your feelings. Not what your circumstances is saying. No. Not what is happening. God is not guiding the church by the coronavirus. No. He's not doing that. He will never do that. He can't do that. No. The Bible said, but as many as are led by the spirit, they are the children of God. God leads us and operates through us by the Spirit, the word pneumaticals. So the word spiritual is used in relation to other spiritual beings. So angels, demons, and all those things. The word is used in reference to things that comes from the Holy Spirit exhibiting its effect and so its character. So again, spiritual has to do with God's nature. It, 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 when we say, when we use the word spiritual, we're talking about acts of a life, a person who is dedicated to God and approved by God due to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual meaning that it is produced by the sole power of God himself without natural instrumentality. And when we say spiritual, we're talking about a life that is filled with and governed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, just to close, let me summarize this introduction. So, I'm just introducing this and want us to just get our minds going um, quickly. The teaching outcomes is to highlight the need for us to be spiritual. Why? Being spiritual is not automatic. No, we saw that in 1 Corinthians 3, that the church was not spiritual. It was carnal. It wasn't a spiritual group of people. They were carnal people. And um, why do we need to be spiritual? To be spiritual is the only way to live the Christian life. The only way to know Jesus. The only way to know who we are. And to experience and enjoy and express who we are in Christ. It is the way to release the kingdom of God. It is the way to bear the fruits of the Spirit. And it's a way to please God. Now we came to the word spiritual, which is the word pneumaticos. It's used 26 times, not in the Old Testament or the Gospels. It relates to this realm of the spirit. It has to do with what is not soulish, what is not natural, what is outside the five senses. It is outside the natural sphere. 
it is opposite to the natural. We looked at the word natural, which has to do with the soulish, sensual, natural identity. That means that if you are in your natural identity, if you say, oh, um, you know, I, you know, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, shouts and claps, you know, so I can't make a joyful noise. That is not being spiritual. Because Christianity is your spirit. It is who you are in the spirit. And then we know that that word relates to the human spirit, which is the part of us that God um, uses. It is the part of us that relates to God. We looked at Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It is used in relation to other spiritual beings, uh, things that comes from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, uh, and, and uh, uh, acts of life that is dedicated to God, and something that is produced solely by the power of God himself without natural instrumentality. And it has to do with the life that is filled and governed by the Holy Spirit. So our focus is the need to be spiritual. The need to be spiritual. To set our minds on the things above. And over the next few weeks, we'll look at some practical things. My prayer is that as a church, we will increase in the spirit. We will begin to lock our eyes on heaven. Not just on what is happening. What is happening is not where we should be looking at. It is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and what heaven is doing. So we're talking about behavior that is produced from heaven. A heaven mindset. And you want to begin to replicate that in your personal life. Begin to see your life by the spirit. Not by the natural. Not by the soul. So let's lift up our hands and let's pray as we draw this time to a close. Holy Spirit. Father, thank you right now. And Father, I'm reminded of your word in Romans 8 verse 9. Your word says that, but you are not in the flesh, but we are in the spirit because the Holy Spirit is in us. And Father, thank you right now that we are in the spirit. We don't need to get into the spirit. We are already there. We are children of God. We are led by the spirit. And Father, I thank you for our spiritual family. As we go through this time, I pray that every individual will move up a notch in the spirit. They will begin to think and speak and act by the spirit. They'll begin to do new things because they are having understanding of who they are in the spirit right now. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that this revelation, this message will stay in our thinking. It will stay in our hearts. I resist the enemy from stealing this word from anyone in the name of Jesus right now. I resist the powers of darkness. You will not steal this message. Wessex Christian Fellowship will be a spiritual church. We will be a church that walks by the Spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's invite Sean as he leads us to the final song. And uh, this week, we're going to be, again, praying. And um, Wednesday, we'll be praying. Friday, we'll be praying. I'm sort of scheduling so that we can have some daily prayers going as well. Again, if you want to host prayer, uh, let me know. Send me a message. We can put some Zoom stuff on. Do you know, this is an incredible time for us to continue to pray. So don't hold back. If you feel the Lord is calling you uh, to call the church to prayer, 
let's do that. Let's get on uh, Zoom. Let's get on uh, social media. And let's just fill the whole place with the knowledge of the glory of God. But God bless you. LeSean is going to lead us uh, to a final song. And he will draw this time to a close. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's just take a minute just to be in the spirit as Ebo has just been speaking about. In John 4, it says that um, 